Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ. Along with my co-host, Reese Thomas, I'm Teresa Quinlan. We make up TNT. For those of you that don't know, it's our name, Thomas and Teresa. We're here to explode the status quo, because this series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently, so we can start doing differently. Okay, our guest today is Alberto Gonzalez Otero, the Chief Purpose Officer and Founder of Just On Purpose. Uh, Just On Purpose is a company committed to helping organizations, leaders, teams, and individuals to find their purpose and start a transformation to get results. Consulting, mentoring, coaching, startup, scale-up businesses, leaders, and teams, he has extensive experience designing strategies, implementing processes, building and leading teams to achieve long-term and sustainable results. <laughs> Welcome, my friend, to TNT ASQ. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. You know, it's a pleasure to, to be here with you. So wonderful to have this conversation. It certainly is. And it's something that is uh, very dear to all of our hearts and I'm sure is very relevant to people listening, particularly at this point in time. Uh, we all know that your love, your passion is about purpose. So if you wouldn't mind sharing us a little bit about your story, how you came to fall in love with and connect in such an important way that it's not only what you do, it's also the name of your business. It is maybe a long story and I'm Spanish, so it can take very, very long. So I'll try to <laughs> do my best to keep it short. I grew up in kind of traditional family and, and I kind of did what I was supposed to do all my life, right? So I had to study because I was supposed to do that go to the university because I had to do it. So I, I kind of made all the steps that were normal. And, you know, I, I ended up studying something that I didn't really know what it was about, public administration's management. Then I did the master's because, of course, if you can, yeah, let's do a master's. After that, I just wanted to work. And in this journey, so far until there, and until then, there were some moments where I wanted to do something else maybe, but I kind of wasn't allowed. So I wanted to study to become a sports teacher, but you know, being a teacher wasn't what my father felt was cool to do. He was working at the bank for almost 40 years. When I started, you know, okay, I need to get a job. I just want to work. And then when I'm from, you know, I'm from the North of Spain. Um, there are not so many companies, especially if you were young. And I just saw an, ad an advertisement on the newspaper. And, you know, they were asking for two young people and they, uh, there was a guy interviewing me in a hotel. But, you know, he told me, well, uh, this is for this company. And we didn't put the name of the company on the uh, advertisement because, yeah, what would you think if you work for Planeta, right? And I didn't really know anything. And he basically said, well, if I tell you this is for Planeta, well, you know that this is to knock doors and sell books, Right. And then because he said that, then I said, well, okay, yes. Okay, this is not to knock doors and not, not to sell books, uh, but I like you, come tomorrow to the office for the second interview, blah, blah, blah. So they lied to me and I started, you know, knocking doors and selling books <laughs> on the streets and in sales just to get started. So it wasn't my passion. I hate that job. And then, you know, from that one, I went to another one also in sales and to a better one and a better one and just keep kept on going, right? And, and then the last years I made it to management. And, you know, I always had this thing, you know, I'm doing sales, I'm good at that because I could connect well with people and they 
you know, trust me. So that's why I sold to them. Uh, had this thing like, yeah, what else can I do that is not selling? And how can I even change? Because all my experiences in sales, right? And it was very difficult for me. And even like being kind of successful for other people, yeah, I had this feeling of unfulfillment. And it was very difficult to find, uh, okay, what, I, what else I can do? And I thought it was management. So when I made it to management, I thought, well, as soon as I start managing people, I can help them to sell, but I, yeah, I don't need to sell myself. So that's what I like the most, uh, helping people. And that part was right. So basically, well, I, st- I still help them to sell and I sold myself still, but I was helping them to be successful, which I like. But I realized that also management today, in many, many cases, is, is not about people. It's more about reports and KPIs and, and mm-hmm. dashboards, right? Mm-hmm. And unnecessary meetings. So spending time in many meetings all the, the whole day and having less time for the people. Right? Where I was doing things a bit my way, but also I, I had this, the same feeling of unfulfillment. And through this journey, again, I was inspired by different things. And one of the, the biggest inspirations I had was uh, the Blue Zones research, which is a research uh, done by National Geographic together with other institutions uh, in the US. And they analyze where in the world people were living longer. Mm-hmm. And they also discovered that not only they live longer, but they seem to be happier as well and healthier. Uh, that together with, uh, I explore more, and there's one word that is called ikigai, which some people, uh, most of the people translate that into purpose. It's a Japanese word, and it's coming from one of the blue zones in Okinawa in Japan. And it is kind of translated like, as the reason why you wake up in the morning. And people there know that, right? If you ask them, yeah, what's your ikigai? Well, they tell you right away. They don't need to think about it. And all that, you know, inspired me. Uh, to find my own ikigai, to find my own purpose. It is about what you love to do, what you are good at, uh, what you can get paid for, and what the world needs. Do something that ticks all the boxes, basically, and that brings you more or less to the middle point. And that's supposedly to be your purpose or your ikigai. Mm -hmm. But anyway, this inspired me, and I kind of developed my own exercise, which is to help myself find my own purpose and that worked with me and, and took me some time but I made the change I looked for the opportunity to start my own business and here we are and here we are there's something really great about what you said that I think could warrant some sort of investigation and discussion around you know you describe that you went into a couple of jobs and you're like I hate this I hate this I hate this part of the process Sometimes figuring out what we don't like can lead us towards what we do like. And for other people, perhaps uh, ikigai in Japanese culture, perhaps, and I don't know about the Japanese culture, but perhaps within their culture, there's this element of mm, let's figure out purpose first. And that will lead you to the what you're going to do. In your opinion, when you're working with people as well, do you find that there's a greater percentage that land in the, I need to find out what I don't like first before I can figure out what I do like? Well, I think, um, yeah, so some, some people focus more on the negative side. You know, they, they think about what they don't like from what they are doing. So in my personal experience, I hated 
you know, that first job. Uh, and and I, I love some components of it, you know, connection with mm -hmm. people, meeting new people. Uh, that's what I love from sales and I learned so much. But I was, you know, uh, that job selling books, knocking doors was the worst experience of, of my life, professional experience of my life. But it is the one that I appreciate the most mm. because I learned so much from it. You know, I, I started reading because I was selling books, you know, and, and I, I realized as well that at every company that I worked for, I had to discover the company of the purpose to be able to sell those products myself mm -hmm. because otherwise it wouldn't work. But yeah, you know, some people, many people focus on what I don't like and, and they, they stay there, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of spending time on knowing more about themselves and what they do like. And what, because at every job that you have, um, most of them, you have positive things as well. Right. So one of the things I do with, with, when I co I'm coaching people individually, I ask them to go through their career step by step, the company you know, or job after, after one after the other and write down things that they did like from that job. Mm -hmm. And then when they do that, they realize, hey, you know, actually there is a common thing mm -hmm. sometimes and most of the time, sometimes it's the people, sometimes it's, uh, you know, uh, research, uh, possibility mm -hmm. to research or you know, different things. Uh, but yeah, you know, it is, it is normally like people look at more at what I don't like rather than hey, mm -hmm. knowing myself better, what gives me energy and you need to start from there. Mm -hmm. mm, great point. That's really interesting because I think there's definitely uh, an element of truth that you learn a lot more from things that you don't like, things that you fail at than necessarily things that you love or things that you excel at, you know, things that have come easy to you. For me anyway, you don't necessarily be learning it. You might just kind of, they just happen, they do and you, you, you don't have to put any effort in the things that you have to really try out. You might not enjoy them. You might not get any great satisfaction out of it, but you're probably learning a bit more about it because you're having to try that much harder. And then you've married that with the other, other side of it where you've got people to be self-reflective of going back over all these things. And that's obviously one of the things that people don't do. And a great place to start is by this awareness, but just going through each one. And we would do this in recruitment as well. And, you know, they want to change their job. Okay, well, let's find out first what, I know you want to move from this industry to that industry, but what is it you liked about it? So all these are giving you little clues to help you find your next job or to help you find your purpose. So my question is, <clears throat> I can see how this works really well on a one-to-one -one basis, but I know that your passion and your expertise lies in the group in working with a team in developing that team. So how does this concept, which seems very clearly geared to an individual, how does that work in your team? Can you give us sort of an example of how you, are you working magic? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> you know, in the end, a team is, um, is made out, out of individuals, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so when you work with a team or with a company, right? Uh, you know, every single one, they have a purpose individually as well. Like every single employee, they have things that they do like more than the others and from their job and from their lives and, you know, um, and, and then as a team, they have some goals to achieve and they have uh, some things that they need to do to achieve those goals and some things that, you know, uh, or some of those things they may like and some, some of those things they maybe they, they don't like that. Um, so what I do and what, I, what in the end is discovering the purpose both individually as a team and as an organization, right? And so you start with that, you start with, you can start with the individuals 
and then you align you know that with the team's purpose what's our purpose as a team right within the company and what's the purpose of the, our company right and then what i do is normally once that's done which are individual exercises so per group um, or or uh, per people per person then you try to find what is the alignment between those because there's always uh, some links right but it's not only just one thing right but there are several things and some of them maybe you don't find any link between them mm-hmm. and you normally find something that hey you know this is important to me as a person uh, that's actually important for the team and that's important for the company and that normally happens and in case you know sometimes it doesn't happen and well a person realizes that maybe i'm not at the right place right now um and this team or this company is not the company that i need to be at right and that's also good for that person um but also for the team and the company you know because if that person leaves gives you know creates a room for a person that is aligned with those values and purpose um to join I could see how having established a purpose and now recruiting, putting your ad in the newspaper <laughs> or on LinkedIn, depending <laughs> on what age you live in, <laughs> putting that ad out there saying, this is the purpose. If this is also your purpose, come and see us. But instead what happens is we generally recruit for, do you have these, this education? Do you have these skills? and um, then come and see us and we'll hope that you're a good fit. How this showed up in my own personal career is I, I was the first member within my organization to be a learning designer, to create actual learning. We didn't outsource, we built it in-house. And even though I was part of an umbrella of a department, I was sort of a standalone individual off to the side doing this work. This team ended up growing, but it didn't grow by, we need this team to be bigger. It grew by somebody saying, I like not what she's doing, the work. I like why she's doing that work. Can I be part of your team? Like that question came out. And it took four years before one person internally saw that. And then another two before another person saw it and another two. But when that team grew to five people who over the course of six years self-selected in, that team was solid. The performance was so high. The engagement was so high. The dedication and buy-in was so high. And then we had a moment where we were forced to grow by two-thirds our size. And we had to choose good enough And the whole culture of the team, even those high performers who self-selected in, spiraled quickly because that purpose driver was lacking in two-thirds of the team and it became toxic. There was no way that we as a strong core could influence the others enough to sort of change them over to that purpose. So when you're working with teams, is toxic employee, is that part of sort of the discussion well it can be i don't think in every team there are toxic people and and, you know and for someone to become toxic i I work with toxic people in the past as well and you know there are some certain levels of toxicity toxicity Mm -hmm. (laughs) right um but you know it, it can be it can be when you you quickly realize you know when when you talk to people in one team 
you realize already if there's a person that doesn't really match there, right? So that, mm -hmm. that's a person that it is totally out of that vibe of uh, mm. team, you know, uh, spirit. And of course, if you spot that, that's something that uh, you need to work on uh, together with the leader of that team as well. And together with the team, try to change it if you can. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but that's not easy uh, because that's normally mm -hmm. attached to uh, behaviors and, 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 you know, that's a bit more difficult to, uh, to change in personality sometimes. Um, but yeah, you know, it can be, it can be a case, of course. And it is about, in the end, is the best teams are not, is, is, uh, in history, even if you look at sports or whatever you, you look, um, it's not made out of, you know, if you have a team of team, 10 people, there are no 10 high performers. That's right. never working. That doesn't mm -hmm. really work. Mm -hmm. You have people that are very good uh, or quite good at some different things. And they are very good, all of them, at working together with each other and, and listening to each other and, and understanding who the other people are. Mm -hmm. And those are the teams that are, you know, succeed the most and high perform as a team rather than just having, you know, um, high performance uh, members. But what's in common with all of them is the why is the piece that's in common for all of them. The level of skill and talent around the team can then be sort of distributed as however is needed because they will, as you say, have each other's back. They will elevate strengths. They will close weaknesses together. Whereas when we don't have alignment to the purpose, it's a little bit more evident how the toxicity sort of spreads. Yeah, yeah when, you, when you have the same why here, you know, everyone... Mm -hmm works towards that direction right and in that direction and when you have different whys then mm -hmm. everyone kind of uh yeah go their own way and that's uh, when it doesn't really work as a team uh because everyone has um different interests um out of doing their, their job mm -hmm. okay so one small question then a main question is it is it is it fine is it safe to interchange why and purpose freely do they mean anything different to you? To me, they seem like pretty much the same, but for you, I'm, asked, I'm interested, is there a difference? Uh, for me, for me, it's, it's kind of the same. And, yeah. and it, to be honest, I don't, really, I don't really care. Like also like purpose and ikigai and people who say, well, well that's the difference and all that. You know, it's understanding you know, more about yourself, uh, about what drives you, what gives mm -hmm. you energy. Uh, what you love to do and, mm -hmm. and then trying to to go into that direction and and also the same you know some people ask me like do you, are you born with uh, with a purpose or or not right mm. and I have the same answer I said I don't really care you know <laughs> if you believe that it's great um, you can you can just you change a lot in your in your life as well and I don't know if that was written somewhere or not but why do you care about that just if you know it that's the most important thing. You have a, you know, a direction, uh, mm. you know, where to go and, and a reason for being. Mm. Throughout our lives and throughout our experiences and as our you know, values and things change, then obviously our purposes will change. We'll experience different things which will impact that. So tell me how, when you're engaging with a company, you come in, you figure out where the purpose is, how to get them all aligned, perhaps it comes into sort of culture and values as well. Where does it go from there? Is it an ongoing thing? How long, do you, how long does an engagement last for? 
I, I invite you in. We have you know, a few meetings, we have some workshops. We, we work really well together because you're really good at facilitating. We figure out what the purpose is. Boom, what's next? Is that, where, where does it go? What's, what's the evolution of what you provide? Or is it yep. just, is it as succinct as that? Mm. Now, so I have what I call, it is kind of a full program. Uh, and again, you need to keep working. Uh, I can design a program for uh, three months or for one year or for five years, you know, and do different things during this period of time. Uh, the timing, you know, is not fixed. Uh, for some people, some teams, some companies will take longer uh, to be working, you know, properly and aligned with purpose and, and based on that than, you know, for others maybe. Um, but usually, you know, the steps are the same, right? And the first is discovery and you help them, uh, discover what their purpose is as a company, as a team, as a leader or an individual. Um, and then the, it comes the alignment. Um, then you, you search, okay, okay. We all have all these purposes, right? And where, what's the alignment? What's, what's common between all of them? Um, and of course, when you do it for a company, the company purpose is the one that, you know, uh, that's the reference, right? Because then in some individual purposes are not aligned with that, then maybe eh, there's a different conversation with these people to ask them like why they want to work there. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, and, and then after the alignment, it comes the communication and, and, and that needs to happen both internally and externally. You know? So both to employees and customers and, and providers and vendors, you know, everyone that interacts with you as a company. And that's also, uh, it's a, it is a process, but it is, it comes from having a, a clear statement. Um, if you put it on the wall or not, uh, that's up to you. Uh, or, but it's better if you put it you know, everywhere. And then you, it's not about just putting it somewhere, but also working on that, right? And, and you know, for example, same thing, when you go to, a, you start a meeting, um, you know, it's good to ask yourself first, okay, what's the purpose of this meeting? Mm. And then have people answering that. And then is that aligned with the purpose of our company? And if it's not, well, why we are having this meeting? We cancel it, right? <laughs> what? Cancel a meeting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. But we need to be busy. <laughs> yeah, that's the, thing. that's the thing. But yeah, you know, discovery alignment, um, communication, and then after that, uh, you need to measure as well and, and mm. to see uh, how is it working. Uh, so it's evaluation and results. And, and then, you know, starting again, you know, and mm -hmm. reinforcing it. That's just kind of the second step. But basically, you need to keep working on, on this mm -hmm. because uh, otherwise, and that will happen to many companies with uh, vision, vision and values, right? It was 10 years ago, maybe it was the, the fashion thing to to have that right so we mm. need to have a mission a vision a value so every company started to do have that and many because they believe they needed to to have it for the employees and for the customers but many others was more like a marketing thing you know uh they you know their leaders maybe didn't believe that much on that uh in that but they had to they had to have it because everyone else you know did and then they put it in the wall and but they do nothing with that and then when you ask people working there what are your values and they don't know they don't have an answer or or they know well yeah i know what's written there in the world in the, in, on the wall but actually i i don't feel that's true you know mm -hmm. 
And so that's the, the importance of not only discovering and stating this somewhere, but also, yeah, making sure that you have those in mind and you work with them and, and you try to align all the processes that you have in the company with those, with values, with purpose, and et cetera. Keeps a really solid foundation for everything, which is great. So you showed us your model and we have the four areas of something you love, something you're good at, something you can get paid for and something the world needs. And what came up for me when I saw that was like, hmm, some people might have hobbies that are their purpose, that connect to their why. Um, like someone who paints, for example. Uh, it doesn't fall in the I can get paid for category, but it fills all of the other three. So I have a job that I get paid for, but my purpose actually lies in the painting that I do. And I've encountered people in workplaces all the time where some leaders will be like, I need everyone to fill all four quadrants if they're going to work on my team. I'm like, well, that might not be a reality, but you can have a great performer because their fulfillment is coming in their hobby. Work provides the paycheck for them to do their hobby and get their fulfillment. They're going to come to work and still be fulfilled. There's a whole heck of a lot better than having someone who is in a job, gets paid for it, but doesn't love it. It's not really very good at it, maybe. Um, and, and maybe they don't think the world needs it. What are your thoughts around maybe the weighting of these sort of quadrants? No, that, that's a very good question and, and, and remark. Basically, yes, you know, uh, it can work differently with different people. Um, some people can find their purpose and say, well, I need to um, have this or to do this as a profession to be fulfilled, right? And that was my case, for example, right? Mm -hmm. I have been volunteering for a number of years uh, with the world in your classroom um, first, and coaching football and my son's football team as well for some years already. But those are things that I love as well because I love to teach. I, go, I love to help people and eh, to help people in general. Eh, but I like sports. So it takes a lot of boxes, but I, that's the volunteering part. But then when I ask myself, myself, well, can I do this job as a job, get paid, and then do what I love to do as the, you know, a few hours a week as a volunteering work? Um, that didn't work for me. Right. So I kept on searching and, and I, I kept on working on my journey. But for some people that, you know, and, and it comes with appreciation for that job that they maybe don't like that much. But they uh, are so grateful that they have it because that job allows them to do the other stuff that they love to do. And if that balance works for them, that's mm -hmm. cool. That's perfect. You know, but then, yeah, when, when, when you look at these, most people are here uh, where you are good at and which you can get paid for and and most people started with this you know what you can get paid for so mm -hmm. people wanted to work and they got a job and then you know uh, maybe they studied something to get that job uh, that is related uh, to that job but maybe they didn't just my case as well and they kind of of course they become good because they are doing it and practicing and doing it and do it all you know every day so they if you practice whatever you do, you become good at that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it will take longer or shorter, but you know, that's how it works. And then most people stay here because they are afraid of, especially the financial side of, of things or afraid of uh, doing a change. They see what the world needs, like, oh, this is a, for more for NGOs. 
And what I always explain, it's not about what the world needs. It's not about you saving the world in, in mm -hmm. one step, but it's about helping others, right? what others need. Mm -hmm. And you can do this also working for many different companies, many different industries. But I always say this, you know, that you need to start from this, from the love. And the love should be a, a bigger circle. Um, and you start with that. Why? Because if you don't love what you do, doesn't really matter. After two years or three or five or, you know, I don't know when, but mm -hmm. you will start questioning yourself, like, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't like this. I, and, and you can change, switch jobs. Mm -hmm. And maybe for a, you know, a year or two, you are happy again and, and you feel more fulfilled. But then after that, if you don't really love what you do, then you will start again with that feeling of unfulfillment. And, and, and you will go back to the same point that you were before. Yes. So that's why I tell them, like, forget about the rest. Start with what you love to do. Write it down. And start from there. So true. Sounds like a familiar uh, path for many of us uh, entrepreneurs who went through various stages of jobs and things that we were good at or you know, got paid for, but never really loved. And it wasn't until we had the courage or someone gave us the belief to, to, to step out and, and do that and, and really connect with our purpose. So uh, I listened to another podcast that you did recently with a friend of ours, Brian Kelly, and you, you added something in there about motivation and inspiration. And I can't remember what the third action. thing was. You had a really interesting thing about action. Yeah. Um, would you share that with us? Cause it was really, cause it was, I think you had like a different spin on it to most people. And I think it'd be really important for people to hear that. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I got this. This is not mine. Uh, I believe in that, but I got it oh, also. Okay. From... <laughs> <laughs> now I read that book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Beep. Beep. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, he, he said something on those lines, like, you know, um, most people where to have the inspiration uh, to find the motivation to start doing something right mm. and it works better in the other way most of the times so you start doing something so that you get inspired and then you find the motivation to keep doing it or to do something different um, and that happened to me as well so i had i've been for years i was working um going to work and and i was on my bike here in the netherlands uh, and i was thinking about you know, how I would do this workshop about the Ikigai and all these things. And, and I had so many ideas, also different businesses. And I, I could start these and I could start that. And I had them in my mind all the time. And, you know, every few days, you know, I was thinking about something. Um, but I, I, I've never did anything um, with that. And, and that's the problem that many people have, right? So if you don't, you only have it in your mind, you don't do anything then you don't even know uh, when I, you know, after years thinking about this workshop about the Ikigai that I was going to do uh, the first time I did it. Well, I realized that yeah, some things that I thought, well, if I do this, this will happen and this will go this way. Then I realized that, that wasn't the case, you know? So then I learned, Oh, maybe I can do it in a different uh, way or, or things that I thought I would love to do. Uh, when I started doing them, I didn't really like them that much or I, I, it was less than what I was expecting. Um, so that's why it's important to start doing something, see how it goes. And then, you know, with the learnings, just 
keep going on the same way or, or just uh, shift a bit and, and try different things. You could read almost every time management book and in there somewhere under anti-procrastination strategies will be just start doing it. Give yourself two to five minutes and within those two to five minutes, something will kick in, in within you and that will help to drive your motivation. It's an excellent principle when we even think about people who want to start exercising. Mm -hmm. Just put your shoes on and start for two minutes. If in two minutes it doesn't hit you, well, get off whatever you're doing, go back home, try again tomorrow, right? No. So I love that. That's a, that's a great tip for people. But we want one more tip. We want one more tip under this premise of hashtag not anymore. <laughs> so living unbalanced, perhaps unbalanced within these four quadrants of loving what we do, being good at what we're doing, um, what the world needs, getting paid for it. What would be one thing that you would offer as the golden nugget for people when they're considering this, considering finding their purpose and doing that work? Where, in your mind, can people start? Well, I think the, the, the starting point is to take the time to know yourself better. And to, um, yeah, to think about those things that gives you energy. And that's the starting point. And the problem is that we don't take that time. And if we do, uh, it's always between, you know, while commuting or between some tasks that we need to do. But we don't take that time properly to think about this stuff. And we keep on going, going, and, you know, we are always busy. And, and that's the main, I think, the starting point. And I would always also say to everyone, like, you know, uh, try to live the life that, you know, you want to live and not the life that others expect you to live. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from a research, another research that I, I, I like a lot. And that was from Bronnie Ware, um, an Australian nurse that she uh, was having conversations with, uh, with people in the, you know, the last, during the last few weeks of their lives. So, yeah, she was, she was accompanying them basically. Um, and then, you know, she asked them, this question, like, what do you regret the most, right? All these people were gonna, they knew were gonna die in a few weeks. And she wrote a book, which is um, called The Regrets of the Dying. And because she found the five top uh, regrets of people dying. And the top one is, I, they said, I wish I had the life or I lived a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And in those top fives, you, you didn't see money. You didn't see the word career. Uh, I wish I had you know, a, a bigger car, bigger house or whatever. It's all about you know, staying true to yourself, um, relationships, you know, closer to your family, closer to your friends. And that's what in the end it's all about. So yeah, getting to know yourself better and, and what's important to you can lead you to yeah, living a life to, to, to yourself and finding your purpose. Awesome. Thank you, mate. That's really beautiful. <clears throat> Thanks. All comes down to self-awareness and love. <laughs> Boy. <Yes. laughs> so with that beautiful gem in mind, Alberto, thank you so much for sharing the work that you're doing. Um, I love this chart. I'm going to put this in the show notes so that people can take a look at it themselves and take this tip of yours of, 
spend some time thinking about it, people. <laughs> Perhaps even they'll grab some of the books that you mentioned as well throughout uh, this conversation. So people are going to want to get in touch with you and have you come and work with them on their purpose. What is the best way that people can get in touch with you? Well, they can send me an email at alberto at justonpurpose.com or um, going to uh, my LinkedIn profile and connecting with me. Um, you know, Alberto Gonzalez Otero is a bit long, but you'll probably find me. Um, or my website, justonpurpose.com. Beautiful. And what are the things you have going on you'd like to tell our audience about? Well, I, I'm, I'm doing workshops. Um, I'm, I'm doing uh, right now every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Uh, Amsterdam time. Um, I'm doing these calls Wednesdays on purpose. And it's a free, you know, just get together to talk about purpose and leadership. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's going very well. And, and, you know, I hope I can, um, you know, keep on doing retreats because that's something that I do. So normally I do like mostly uh, workshops or uh, consulting work about purpose and leadership, um, individual coaching, which I do now online because of the situation, of course, and, and then the retreats, um, which is you know, out, outside, immersed in nature, um, activities like hiking, surfing, um, you know, kayaking on a river and combined with you know, workshops, but always uh, in nature, no screens, uh, nothing just people and thinking about this stuff mm. and, and linking the activities with it. So that's, that's mostly what I do. Um, and hope the retreats, I, I have a couple already confirmed, but I'm yes. waiting for the situation to get better to see if I can actually make it uh, or, or not, or I need to, to, to cancel them, we'll see, or to postpone them. Yes, absolutely. Postpone, no cancel. Yeah. <laughs> they will happen. We know that. Yes. Thank you so much, Alberto. And, you know, before we go, we want to leave our audience with a little bit of fun, leave our guests with a little bit of fun in our rapid fire Q&A. We have 10 statements with two choices. Interpret them as suits you best. Some people yeah. even choose to come up with their own answer. <laughs> <laughs> so have a little fun with it. Are you ready? I am. All right. Number one, manager or leader? Leader. Active or reactive? Active. Black and white or gray? Gray. Optimist or realist? Optimist. Canada or England? Spain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, heart or head? Oh, sorry? Heart or head? Heart. Empathy or assertiveness? Empathy. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Lovely. Logical or emotional? Emotional. And last but not least, innovation or process? The first one. <laughs> innovation. <laughs> no, pro no process. No. Yes, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. We appreciate you spending your time and energy with us today, Arboldo. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for inviting me. I, I really you know, had fun with you guys. Really enjoyed this conversation. We love to hear all of your feedback here on TNT ESQ. So if you've enjoyed this show, you've learned something, you've been inspired, 
please share it with your friends. Please rate the show. Please write a review on whichever podcast uh, platform you enjoyed it on to help us spread the word, help more people think differently, and more people start doing differently. Thank you.